Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Man, it is. It is. So the word of God says this in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. He said, moreover, brethren, this is Paul speaking, of course, to the church there at Corinth. He said, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which is I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, and that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain under this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James then, of all the apostles, and the last of all, he was seen of me also as one that was born out of due time. He said, for I am the least of the apostles, and not to me meet to call an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Therefore, whether it be, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so you believe. Let's pray. Father, we're just so thankful for the power of your word, for the promise of your word. And God, I'm believing tonight that you're going to plow the word into our souls. Holy Ghost, you do what you do. I pray that you open our understanding that we might receive. And Father, tonight, just letting us begin, uh, even on the thought of learning to manage God, our circle. Father, we love you. We trust you. We believe, hallelujah, that you've appointed appointed unto us this very time in which we live. And we believe it to be the greatest of days ever. In the midst of darkness, you called us to be light. In Jesus' name. And everybody said hallelujah. Turn to somebody and said, have you ever felt like you was in the middle of a hurricane? You can be seated. Eric, if you would, slide one. This is more teachy. I'm just going to get us a good start on here. And I'm going to tell you how this started with me. This started with me, really, of a, of a Holy Ghost moment. 
and I've had several of those, and you have too, but the Holy Spirit just showed me, said, there's a lot of turmoil going on in your soul. You know, if you'll begin to talk to the Father and you'll begin to spend time with Him, He'll let you know some things that are going on and not just for you to deny to recognize them, but what He'll help you to recognize, He's got something there for you that'll help you heal. And this is the thing that, that and, and if I, I really, I've really just got one point tonight, and I'm thinking, you're thinking, all right, that's still going to take Him 45 minutes. I've really just got one point tonight, but I'm going to show you real quick in Scripture a couple of things, but the, when we begin to look at this, I, I think we become overextended. And what happens is we get too far out there. And when you get too far out there, you, you learn and you see or you'll find out that really there'll be things way beyond your control and you end up on the outer bands of your life. Eric, pull up the, the picture of the hurricane. That you'll be, you'll be like this and you'll be like out there on the outer bands of your life. It'd be like you herding cats. That everything's just way out there. And on the outer band of your life, there's all this chaos and there's all this confusion. And if you can't find the eye of this storm, you'll get lost in the outer bands of your life. Because just as a hurricane is rated by category, dependent upon wind speed, dependent upon different things, and it can even be storm surge and all, all such things as that, I want to start here by saying that how many of you have got some things right now in your life, and, and maybe that's farther out there, but there's some things out of control. There's some things that you say, you know what, I can't control that. I'm talking about relationally. I'm talking about in life. And if we're not careful, what we do is we spend more time on the outer bands of our life. And if we're not careful, we'll get caught up in that. You see this with, with Jesus, that when he did this in 1 Corinthians 15, the word said that he was seen of 500. Turn to somebody and say, you need to be a witness. You've got to understand this. This is all going to be relationally. We're going to break this down here real quick, but here's what it is. You know, he's seen by more than 500 people at once. And the thing is, you and I, our witness should go further than our home. But if you don't have a witness at home, you can forget outside the home. Because if you're living, listen, if you're living a lie in your home, it will find you when you start trying to be something different outside the home. Having a sure foundation in Jesus Christ is so critical. But this is the one thing about Jesus. We're going to use his life as an example. It's going to parallel to ours, I hope. And when we look at this, even though Jesus witnessed to all of these people out here, their lives were changing because of his resurrection. What's that one point that I wanted to make and I wanted to take with you? I want to make sure you get this. Because what I'm seeing happen today is that the outer bands of our life and what's on the outside is beginning to have precedent over what is on the inside. And in so many people's lives right now, what is going on is that the influence from the outside is greater than the influence. Mm, say this with me. Say outside in. Say inside out. What happens is this, now with everything hitting you, you're being influenced by so many things outside and it's affecting your inside. Now are we getting somewhere? And see, this is the way that culture wants you to react and this is the way that culture wants us to be. And if you don't know who you are on the inside, 
The outside will form you and shape you. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I think it says something like this that many of you are familiar with. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by going to church, singing Amazing Grace, doing Sunday school, Listen to Larry. Which listens to Kathy. But being transformed by what? By by what? The renewing of your mind. But being transformed by the renewing of your mind. From the day you got saved, at that very point, if you are truly born again, then your life should be changing and we should be walking, progressing, being sanctified to be more like, act more like, everything more like Him. It's assimilation. It's kingdom assimilation. It's becoming who He is. I said something pretty astonishing. Well, it, was, it was pretty astonishing. I'm easily amused, Sue. I, I really am. But, you know, it amazes me how many, I said this, I think Sunday, I said this, it's amazing to me that how many of us think that, that just making the church is a fruit of the Spirit. I made it to church. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Praise God you made it, but it ain't. Now, when I say that, this is critical because, listen, folks, I want to tell you there's a wreck coming. There's a real mess coming if we don't get this right. Because you've got so many things pressing, pushing, pulling you from the outside. And if you do not know who you are at the core, I'll get there. If you don't know who you are at the core, like I said, you're going to be swept out. You're going to be swept out. When I said Sunday... When I said passivity, complacency, and then apostasy, when I said that, that's as real as anything that's ever hit my soul for me. Because there's a progression. Just as there's progressing, just as there's a progressiveness within the body and should be within the body of Christ and within the walk with Christ, we should be able to see that. But there's the same progressiveness on the path to the pig pen and on the path to hell, which we don't hear much about. So in saying this, I'm looking at this, and if I were today, Stephen, I, I wanted to bring it from home. I've got some dumbbells, and, you know, I wanted to just hold it. And if it was a 10-pound weight, if I had it out here and I said, Hey, Stephen, you just hold this out here. You hold it out here till I get done preaching straight out. Guess what? You say, Oh, that's no problem. And you would have for a while. Some of you have got some dumbbells in your life that are weighing you down. Oh, turn to somebody and say, He ain't talking about you. You've got some things on the outer bands and outer parts of your relationship that you've got to give to God. And what happens is that they are going to weight you down. 
And ultimately, he wants to pull you out if he can. Now, he's Pastor Wayne always talking about cutting people off. He always, no, and you all know me. I love long-suffering, all these things. Man, I am just hard-bent, man, on on seeing people get it, hang on to it, and long-suffering, all of those things. But I'm telling you right now that some of you are weary, man, and it's time to give them to God. Can I get it? This is the part. you got to be proof to them. Now, stay with me a minute. Listen, you got to be proof of the resurrection to them. You don't let them pull you away from who you are. The Word of God says this in Acts chapter 1. I'll get back to more of this in just a minute. Here, I'll finish the verse here in Romans in just a moment. But the Word of God said that after his passion, that when Jesus had rose from the dead, said after his passion, by many infallible proofs, this is you and I. What do they say? Well, show me proof. Show me proof today that Jesus Christ is alive. Show me that he has risen from the dead. You show me, Christian. You show me. And if they can't see our life and see that we're not changed and we are different from the hell-bound very path that we used to be on, that if we're not different and we're not proof of the resurrection, we become the greatest proof of the resurrection coming to Jesus ain't listen coming to Jesus ain't Kathy it ain't turning over a new leaf it's being changed all the way down at the root and growing up in Christ and being strong for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords praise be to God be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind Some of you are still bent on yesterday's mess. I speak this often, so often. (laughs) How many of you know that you've been set free, that your sins have been paid for? Good, good. When the enemy comes and he knocks at your door and he says, here, I've got yesterday to give back to you. You tell Satan to get behind me. In Jesus' name, I'm paid for. By the renewing of your mind. What, just for my own well-being? No. Proving that what is good. The Word says this. What is good and acceptable, the perfect will of God. Now, we'll get to the core. I think I'm going I'm to try to get there quick, and then I'm, this is going to be a whole other message at the core of it that I'll preach soon. But I want to talk about this right here for just a minute, that we need to be proof of his resurrection. We need to be proof of him. Hallelujah. And him being risen in us. It's not easy. It's not easy. The Word of God says this. And listen, this is what you're up against. John chapter 17, verses 15 through 18. If you're a note taker or want to get that, they'll pull it up. This is it. Do you realize that how many of you, how many of us have thought, no raising of hands tonight, just how many of you have thought, boy, I'm just ready to go home, ready to be with Jesus. I usually say it about every Sunday. Man, I'm ready. Guess what? Jesus didn't pray for you to be taken out of this world. Did you know that? Wow. He didn't pray for us to be taken out of this world. He said this in verse 15, I pray not that thou shouldest take them. Speaking to the Father, Jesus is. He said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but you should keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Can we stay right here for just a moment? 
You and I, when we are born again, we are born into the kingdom of God. We are no longer of this world. And if we have friendship with this world, the word of God says that is enmity with God. We are a new creation, brand new, hallelujah, glory be to God, changed from inside out. It says this, sanctify them. How do we do that, Larry? How do we do that? The word of God says sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. When I wept Sunday morning, when I was speaking of the word, and, and I, I won't apologize for that. It, just, it has been the very thing that has changed my life. Man, I'm telling you, I could go back into that discourse again just to say that, man, I know that the rod and staff that has comforted me, I know that. I know he's the one that there when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. This is the thing, folks, that we're looking at today. In this onward walk that we have with Christ, there will always be pruning. There will always be purging of those things in our life. So we must get, I'm going to say used to that for lack of a better term, but we just need to be prepared for it. God is going to continually prune and purge things out of our life because of these outer bands. Out of the, or because of these outer bands. Hmm. We talk about the proof of the resurrection that if we were in a court case, there would be no, even a sworn testimony, even a sworn testimony from somebody would, would be great. But the greatest, the greatest evidence to either support or deny conviction would be an eyewitness. Is that true? Yes or no? An eyewitness. Paul does a masterful job here as he's saying this. And the apostles, most people would equate that to those that were apostles were those that, that had seen Jesus, that had walked with Jesus, the original apostles. And Paul said, I was born out of due time. He said, you know what? I wasn't born or in the, actually the sphere that they were in. But yet, on his way to Damascus, he had an experience, didn't he? Now we can say, well, you know what? I don't know if I'm a, I, I don't claim to be an apostle. I know that within the realm of the five-fold ministry or the five-fold gifts that I would call them. I know that there's people that are sent. I know there's people that preach. I know there's people that reach. I know there's people that shepherd and pastor. I know there's people that teach. And I think that all five of those should be operating in any and all of our churches. More by gift than by title. I'm not against all of that, and I mean that. But the thing is, is that how many of you have truly seen Jesus in the way that he's been revealed to your heart and soul and now you know him to be your Lord and Savior. Well, let me ask you this, and this, is, this, is, this would mess a lot of people up. How many of you ever believe that you are sent to tell other people about what Jesus Christ has done in you? Well, you know, when you look at the word apostolos, when you look at the word apostle, that's what that means, to be sent. You and I, when Jesus gave that great commission that he did in Matthew chapter 28, we could say, well, that just rested upon the 12. No. He said, go everywhere. Do all of those things. Can I tell you, I don't claim to be an apostle. Neither would I put that title on you. But I can tell you this. Jesus Christ came, died on the cross, was buried in the ground, rose on the third day, saved my soul, and I believe that I am sent to tell you and everybody else that he, that he brings to him that our God is alive and the same thing that he's done for me, he can do for you. I got any takers in the house? You don't have to call me by title, but I know that I'm sent. We are sent to tell, if not us, then who? To be sent by Him. And Paul saying that born out of due time. We were born for the right time, for right now. 
that we've been saying this and we've been looking at this and all of these things and we're wondering, man, what about all of Can I tell you? By the way, gas is back down to $3.99. I just seen if anybody was awake, I thought that might catch your attention. Can I tell you? If gas was $8 a gallon, God would still be God. Hallelujah. And you can't take what he... We've been sent. But here's the deal. We've got to be proof of his resurrection. And when we get way out here, this is what Holy Ghost was showing me. He said, you've extended way out here. And he said, the thing that you're missing is that you have got to be so anchored to me when the weight is out here that if you're not, it will pull you out there. Because if your mind is all the way out there, then how can it be on me? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I'll guarantee you in this house tonight, there's a lot of people in here that you're worried about a lot of people. You're worried about them. You're concerned about them to the point that you're even anxious about them. They may need healing. They may need saving. There could be a whole gamut of things, Jenny, that, that, that they may need. And the, the thing is, is this, is that if we get so far out there, surely, that if we're so far out there, then our focus is there. And the weight begins to pull us out. I know this to be a fact. Because when Holy Ghost showed me, he said, you spent 90% of my day with you thinking about other people. Instead of talking to me. Now that's going to sound selfish. But I don't want it to. Can I tell you. I can think about other people. And where they are all day long. And not do a bit of good. But if immediately when I think about them. I said Lord you know where they're at. You do what you're going to do. And immediately surrender them to God. At that very moment. How am I going to do that? How many of you believe you're proof of the resurrection? Let me ask this. Should get an amen all over this. How many of you believe you should be proof of the resurrection? People should be able to look at you and tell that you're new. That there's something different. You don't talk like you used to talk. You don't curse anymore. Some of you said, oh, I wish you hadn't said that. You're different. Next slide, Eric, the 120. You see that, and when I break this down, that when we look at this, we're just starting here. You're going to see something that he, he ministered over 500. We, we could have talked about feeding 5,000. We could have went, I'm just doing this by the numbers. But if you were to go to Acts chapter 1, you can see this, guys. Verses 15 and 2, or verses, Acts 1, verse 15, and then also chapter 2 and verse 4. You're going to see that this is where 120 were filled. I'm doing it by the numbers. In our life, you've got to understand that we need to be proof of the resurrection. However, real quick, just real quick. Man, I'm telling you right now, we have got to have the Holy Ghost moving in our life. We've got to have that. And before you go any step further than that, the Holy Spirit is God's earnest or deposit into all of our souls that God is real. We don't have to strain at that. We, we just see that the Holy Spirit is what leads us and guides us. But when you come to this 120, they were filled with that. They were filled with a boldness to go out and to teach and to tell. And this is so important. How many of you want people in your life that's full of flesh? 
just full of the flesh. You're just full of the flesh. They always, no. How many of you want people that are around you that are full of the Holy Ghost and that give you spirit? Amen. If you're born again, you have a deposit of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And being led of the Spirit through the power of the Holy Ghost and the sanctification that comes with and that boldness that comes with asking God, give me everything that I need to witness your word and give me everything that I need in these last days to use all of these precious gifts that you would have me to use, not to further me, but to further you. That's so simple. And we complicate that. We shouldn't, but we do. What am I trying to say? We need a Holy Ghost-filled people in these last days that we are in. I'm talking about people that are led by the Spirit and not of the flesh. I know what I'm talking about. I'm still subject to be led by my flesh. <laughs> I am. But I know this, man, that when I'm led of the Spirit of God, I can give you a right answer. And many times the Holy Spirit will say, don't tell them. I say, he said, just not yet. And I'm like, well, hallelujah, because I don't know what she's going to tell me to tell him anyway. That it comes to the simpleness of that. Say 120. How many of you believe the Holy Spirit is in you and he leads you and guides you every day? How many of you believe that you have to yield to the Holy Ghost of God? The Word of God says to whomever you yield your members to obey, that's who you're going to, that's it. You are led by the Holy Ghost of God. There were 70 that was sent. There were 70 that was sent. If we could go to the next slide. This is just real quick. 70 in Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. Jesus sent them out two by two. 70 went out. They went out. They were casting out devils. They were doing all the paraphrasing just to get through this quick. They sent them out, man, and they were doing miraculous things. They come back to Jesus. He sends them out, right? They come back, and they said, hey, Jesus. He said, listen, even the devils were subject unto us. Remember? Do you know today that devils are subject under the name of Jesus? They are subject under the name of Jesus. There's still power in the name of Jesus. And by the way, before you start casting out devils of somebody else, start with yourself. Now, wait a minute. Somebody was like, I think he just said I was possessed with the devil. I'm not. But I will tell you, when we get down to this one that I'm getting to, I won't get you tonight, but when we get down to the oneness of this, what you and I are going to do is we're going to look for the leaven in this lump. And we're going to take a real good look at our life and see whether or not, Brother Alvin, we have cleaned the inside of this dish. Because I'll guarantee you, most of the issues that you have in your life and we have in our life do not come from the outer bands of our life. They come because we do not manage what is in here. And take authority of what is in here. Usually in my conversations that I have, either with myself or other people. How many of y'all, anybody talk to their self? Okay. I know, I ain't got anybody else better to talk to either. No, let me move on, I'm just teasing. But when you look at that, you'll find that most people will say that there's an influence, Heather, of something out here. Brother Roger, something out here. And this is causing me to act the way that I act. That's a lie. I want to talk about that soon. 
just pre, just, just, just getting your minds ready. So when he says this, I'll go back here now to the 70, breaking it down from 500 to 120 to 70. Then when you look at that, he says this. He said, rejoice not. Rejoice not because you've had the power. I'm paraphrasing. He said, don't rejoice because you've had the power to cast out devils, but rather rejoice because your names are written on the potter's hope roll. On the Baptist roll that you never got transferred from. By the way, we don't really have a row here. Sorry. But how many of you can rejoice tonight in the house of God that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven? Can you rejoice? Can you just thank him? I remember, Robin, years ago, I remember I went and seen uh, Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. I think many had seen that years ago. And I'll never forget one of those things that really stood out in my mind is it was, a, it was a great, I mean, just a great drama that they presented. But I'll never forget that one angel. You, how many of you all ever seen that? Okay, many have. You go down that list and look for that name down that list. That's always stuck with me. I want to believe that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Not because of what I've done. Not because of a paper I signed even. Not because of any hand that I've shook or any neck that I've hugged. But because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ that saved me and set me free. When we begin to look at that, we think, of, well, what relevance is there in that in my life? You know, this reminds me of the point that, listen, when we glory, don't let us glory in ourselves. Let us glory in, in Him. That any power in which we've been given to cast out devils does not, does not come of our own glory and our own accord. It comes through Him. I'll tell you this. I can tell you most revivals that have happened over the course of any length of time, usually it will be man that will mess it up. When there's a mighty move of God, I've been, part of a, I, I've been to a couple, been part maybe of one, and the thing is usually man will mess it up. Because God would just love to keep just unloading and just pouring out His glory. But usually man will get in the way. In what way will he do that? You've heard me say this countless times, is that God is a very jealous God. He's very jealous. He's holy. He's jealous. And I believe this. God is jealous of His glory. At the top of that list, He is jealous of His glory. If any of us in this, in, in this room tonight were to begin to think that, you know what, I got saved and I did it. Or that, you know what, I've seen cancer leave that person. Or I've seen a blinded eye heal. I've seen the lame walk. And you know what, I believe. If you for one moment begin to take that glory for yourself, God can dry that up that fast. I love claiming this, that, oh God, that when we pray. And by the way, just in case you're wondering, I believe that God still heals. I believe He still delivers. I do. I do. Unequivocally. I do. I believe it. I believe it all. But I'll tell you this. That's the reason that man sometimes, well, most of the time when I pray, I say, God, you do it. We promise we'll give you all the glory. Let it be you that gets all the glory. Mm. Real quick. Next slide, Eric. You see, we're breaking this down. We're getting closer all the time. We're going to end up at a bullseye here in just a moment, Marianne. 
When you begin to look at Luke 6, 13, you're going to find that that's the calling of the 12 apostles or disciples. That's them. And so now we're breaking it down. And so if I were to do that, he, he witnessed to over 500. 120 were filled. 70 were sent. 12 were called. He's bringing this down. He's bringing this down. And as he does that, this is our life. We are called. We are called. You know what's amazing to me is this, is that even though they were all called, and yet all of them left at crunch time. I want to get quicker to this because I want to wrap this up here in just a moment. But the thing is that he goes from that, the 12 that were called, some of them we can remember their names, some of them we can't. We live in a society today to where everybody wants you to remember their name and they want some notoriety, maybe some publicity. But you know what I'm thankful for today? I'm thankful today for the no-name Christians. I'm thankful for the no-name preachers. I'm thankful maybe for the angels that we've entertained unaware that we don't even know who, what, or how. And yet somebody just said, I don't know their name, but man, the glory of God was upon them. Mm, And God used them. You look at that, Larry, and I, you and I discussed this just a little bit the other day. I want to go a step further now, Eric, if I can. I want to go down to the three. And I, and I want to say, Peter, James, and John, that when you begin to look at this, I, I can't tell you exactly why, other than I think there was a different hunger. And I think we can see this even within our circles. The Word of God says, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. They shall be filled. There was something about Peter, James, and John that, you know, you look at them, whether it was going in or, or, or whether it was being at the Transfiguration or the different times that even there at Gethsemane, we were there to pray. He asked them to come up further even though they fell asleep. There's those different times when he was going in to heal the young, the young girl. There's something about As we begin to see that, you can see that even then all of them just kind of left. How many of you have ever felt all alone? Would you raise your hand, please? Okay. How many of you know because of Jesus you're never alone? Okay. I'm just going to give a little bit tonight because I want to go deeper with this and it will be a whole study by itself. I want to zero in because this is where I want to end up. The thing today that is most critical is that last one. Could you bring that in there, Eric? If we look in the book of John, this is about you and the Father becoming one. Jesus and the Father were one. There's some criteria that I think that we have to look at in our life. And I, I, I think this is really where we all need to be because if not, I believe we'll be swept away at any one of those levels. But Steve, if we can come to the point and then we know who we are central in Him. There's several things that I think that we'll have to solidify and it'll be, if you will, a holy composite. I'll use that word again. It'll be somewhat of a composite of the way the relationship that Jesus had with the Father. And it's critical in our life. Why? Because I believe today it is the most important thing. As I close tonight, I'm going to give you some scripture. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 
chapter 1. He said, For we would not, brethren, verse 8, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. This is what I'm seeing. People that are pressed out of measure. They're out of sorts. They're out of sorts, man. And Paul says this when he, when he begins to, to release this. He said, you could see that there was such a burden. And when he says this, he said, even above strength, that we couldn't do it. And yet, he delivers this. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. We didn't believe we could make it, that we should not trust in ourselves. But in God, which was able to raise the dead. Such power. That there's going to be those times that we feel pressed out of measure. And Paul really comes to, to this thought that even if, even if I were to die, I know that he'll raise me from the dead. And as simple as that sounds, what a divine hope. The piece of scripture that we'll use to launch, launch next time in scripture, if you will, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 1, having therefore, the word of God says, this will be the central, this will be the part where it's just us and God. But having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Hmm. If we could now, I'd like to go to verse 5. For when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. Eric, if you could, just a song, just, just, just softly. He said, when we came in our flesh, we had no rest. And he said, we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, and within were fears. I'd like to stop there. I've said this recently, maybe last Sunday or the Sunday before I, I lose track, but it's hard, to win a, it's hard to win a war when you're fighting on, on multiple fronts. It's hard for husband and wife to get along when they're fighting with kids. It's hard to have peace at home if you don't have peace at work. It's hard when you're fighting on multiple fronts. So really the whole way, that the, the, really my whole thought, Stephen, is this, is to bring this down and to start right here. That there's always going to be fightings, Amy, out here. Always. But what can I do about right in here? And I believe through the power of Jesus Christ and through the blood, we can have authority. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe God can show you and I the greatest life that we could have ever imagined. But we cannot let the outer bands of our life dictate us right here. I'm closing. I'm closing. When I say that and I look at that, I, it's, it's going to take some real resolve to your soul. You're going to have to be real honest with yourself and, and I hope to take us on this journey together <laughs> I have these uh, 
I have these times with the Lord, and, 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 and Helena, it's one of those times that is, I've said this before, it's like I, I, I'm a dog on a chain, man. He'll let me run the clothesline, and he'll snap it to him, and he'll say, that's far enough. And when you talk to God, and when you talk to the Father, and you come and say, God, pay some help. He'll help you. The Word of God says he's a very present help in time of trouble. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you you have to deal with you. You hear me? If you want real peace, you're going to have to deal with you. And Jesus Christ is the one that absolutely is at the point. We're going to look at his relationship with the Father that will show us soon. But i got to deal with this right now. Now, this thought before we come pray. I've asked lately, and, and, and it's already started, and we've seen people, uh, we've seen people get saved already. We've, we've started that praying and fasting and doing that, and I can already sense and feel a shift because the body is praying. I've said this lately when I said was talking about it, even in the book of Joel, weeping between the porch and the altar, that it's time to come to an active Christianity, to an active place of sacrifice of putting our life in there before God and believing that we were created for right now. Hey everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.